So marketing leads that effort, right? It's whether it's discussions sitting with with third parties such as analyst firms, sitting down and carrying on discussions with customers or even non-customers alike, right? Marketing is the, the tip of that spear in leading those discussions. B2B has the potential to be electrifying, but the industry is paralyzed by a culture of conservatism, scared stiff in a straitjacket of rational ideas. It's time for change. It's time to make B2B marketing visceral. Join us as we uncover and explore the truth with leading B2B marketers. This is B2B marketing, the provocative truth. Hello and welcome to B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth. I'm Benedict and today I'm joined by Scott Gainey, CMO at Nile. Scott, a very, very warm welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Well, look, I've just given you a super brief introduction, which consisted of your job title and the company you work for, which doesn't really tell us much. So for mm. those people that are tuning in that um, are not familiar with you, um, it'd be great if you could just give a little bit of an overview of who you are, what your sort of motivations are within marketing. Yeah, no, Absolutely. Um, I'll try not to, to go too deep into background, but yeah, so CMO at Nile. I've been at Nile for two years now. Uh, Nile is in the networking space, um, specifically a network as a service company. Uh, our uh, probably most uh, notable, just based on the founders of this company, um, include John Chambers, uh, previous CEO and chairman at Cisco, and Pankaj Patel was the head of engineering. So we're doing something very disruptive in the networking space, which is Kind of, and I, I put that preamble in there because that sort of defines my career as a marketer. I've always sought after pretty disruptive companies that were upending, um, you know, legacy markets, Palo Alto Networks uh, on the security side, Sentinel One on the endpoint security side. So uh, my career started out in product marketing before picking up more responsibility uh, around demand generation and then ultimately becoming a, a full stack marketer. And uh, Niall is now my third CMO role. Great. And, well, and you're obviously from a disruptive company. You've got a background in disruptive companies, um, which is a nice starting point, I suppose, really for the conversation that we're going to have today. And we're going to be talking about some of the, the challenges involved in being an emergent brand, trying to be that disruptor brand, trying to create a new category. Um, and how I'd like to kick things off is with a little bit of a provocative truth, see if, you, see if you agree with it. And that's from my sort of observations of what happens in the market and how many failures potentially there are in the market is that mm. a lot of brands, a lot of marketers dramatically underestimate the investment that is required to actually successfully create a new category and disrupt <laughs> established players. From your experience, is that something you'd agree with? Yeah, hundred percent, Benedict. I think that's a that's a big common problem, not just amongst marketing leaders, but I would say the the leadership at large. You know, from the board all the way down. And if we're talking about it as being an underestim underestimation, and there's a little bit of naivety, what do you think from either from your poor experience or from your observation? What are things that brands need to get right, and what do they often not get right when they are making an assessment about? how do I go from unknown to established player? Yeah, I mean, there's a few things I'd, I'd point out in there just from my own experiences, right? And I, I would say, I mean, you know, I mentioned Palo Alto Networks, Palo Alto Networks, uh, even Sentinel One in endpoint in, in protection and, and then Nile. I mean, for the case of Nile, right, we're entering in a, what is, you know, an annual $24 billion market spent in wired and wireless network infrastructure. This is a 
35 year old market dominated by the likes of you know companies like Cisco, Aruba, which was acquired by HP, Juniper, right? And so these are very well entrenched, very well understood players. And so I think when organizations, and I'll say organizations as a whole, not just marketing, but when they enter in sort of this these markets with this notion that we're going to create a new category, we're, we're, we're going to define a new space, right? And they usually do it just as a means to create some distinction for themselves, some separation from incumbent vendors. I, I think they underestimate the load required to to define and ultimately seed a new category in the marketplace. And I think oftentimes I've seen marketing plans from organizations that really fixate on development of that own company's brand, but not the category. And these these are two things that really need to be approached very discreetly. I think companies need a marketing plan, certainly to promote and establish their own company's brand, demand generation, all the things that you would normally have in a marketing plan. But separate from that, organizations also need to account for a plan for how do we fundamentally define seed and, and build that category in the marketplace. And, and, and I think within that too, there's some other nuances that I think companies forget is you never want to establish a category of one, right? I mean, how many categories of one really had the same power? So I think a lot of companies sort of enter it with with an inside out view that they're the only ones um, that are fulfilling that category. And I think that there's danger in that. And I think some of the, you know, there's some really great books out on this topic. And one of the, the pieces of advice that I've shared internally is, you know, is, is, a, is one that's trying to establish and lead a category, you actually have to be somewhat strategic in pulling other companies mm -hmm. along. Because if you're the only one in the category, that category is not gonna survive. Yeah, I, there's, I mean, there's a lot that I want to sort of almost yeah. question a little bit more and find out a little bit more there. But I think probably what would be a, a, a useful starting point is to help us get this distinction. Because as you said, there's, there's one thing, which is you're an emergent player and you need to build your brand because people don't know and there are established players. But mm -hmm. then there's a separate thing, which is you are actually coming in and you're trying to create a category. What do you think are almost the characteristics of a new category? rather than just being, oh, I'm a new player that does it slightly differently. To, to mm -hmm. be actually a new category, what would you say are those key characteristics that a brand would need to think about? Yeah, so I guess, you know, as a, as a point of reference, I'm going to answer that in, in regard to high tech, right? Because that's yeah. the field that I, I play in. And I'm sure others in, in other industries might have different characteristics that they might cite. But, you know, specifically within the technology space, I mean, I think they're, yeah, you know, to define and establish a new category, right? There, I think, you know, if I use examples like Salesforce, right? When Salesforce mm -hmm. first came to market, right? Salesforce was novel in the sense that they were the first really to advocate this notion that software could live in the cloud. It doesn't need to be deployed on site, you know, and and uh, and maintain on a company's own infrastructure. Right? And so that that was a very distinct and novel approach to how organizations could gain access to CRM technology, right? Mm -hmm. uh, HubSpot in, in the marketing automation world, similarly, right? AWS, you think of the early days in infrastructure as a service and, and sort of their, you know, I'd say maybe even call it more than novel approach to saying that the data center no longer needs to exist on-prem, it could be in the cloud. I mean, I think there has to be you know, within within a company's approach in creating a new category, there has to be something, right, that is very distinct and new from from an approach basis. In the case of, of Nile, right, we're 
disrupting this 35-year-old wired and wireless uh, market where people have traditionally bought, uh, installed, and managed their own networks uh, within their own resources. And we're offering that purely as a service, right? So you now subscribe to a network. You don't install it. You don't maintain it. So that's that's a very novel approach, and that you know forms the basis of a new category that we're creating called network as a service. So, yeah. so I think you have to find what that novel approach is within there. Excellent. Look, and I, I appreciate that was almost getting us to a definition, but really, really helpful working yeah. definition now. So, you know, we have this understanding that there has to be a substantial difference. There has to be a sort of a, a true novelty to it. Now, in some respects, if you're going to find a good novelty that moves the industry forward, that's compelling enough. And that almost creates that center of gravity, which moves the industry. But the truth is that things don't just happen organically like that. There probably are some exceptions if they are absolutely brilliant innovations, but yeah, yeah. A lot of time you need to sort of move it along the way. And this is where I'm really interested to understand from your perspective what that sort of role in marketing is to actually start to tell the story of a new category, why this new category mm. is so essential, why it is so relevant. So from a marketing perspective, sorry, a marketing perspective specifically, what would marketers need to do to actually get a category off the ground? Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, I think first and foremost, you need to define the category, right? So what, what's the position, what's the definition of that category? Uh, and then I think gaining acceptance, I mean, it can't just be your company alone defining that category. We've put a lot of effort personally just within Nile and working with other third parties like analyst firms, right, to, you know, have, I think, some you know, very fruitful debates and discussions back and forth to make sure that, you know, we're not looking at this purely from a Nile perspective, but we're also pulling mm. in the perspectives of other analysts, such as Gartner, you know, IEDC, other organizations like that, that we've worked for taking in their feedback, you know, making some iterative adjustments to how you define that category and getting consensus. Uh, we've also put a lot of effort and work into you know, debating, um, sharing, discussing with customers. I think ultimately customers are the ones that are going to define mm -hmm. your category for you. And so, so marketing leads that effort, right? It's whether it's discussions sitting with, with third parties, such as analyst firms, mm -hmm. sitting down and carrying on discussions with customers or even non-customers alike, right? Marketing is the, the tip of that spear in leading those discussions. So I think that would be the, the first um, role that marketing would play. Fantastic. I mean, it, it is almost in many respects what you're describing is is you need to create a movement. Now, to create a movement, you need to bring the right people with you. You need to be that convener of, of, of that movement. Yeah. So in the situation, and that makes so much sense, certainly within tech, you know, to be bringing in analysts, get analysts to talk about it, define it. Then it becomes a self-fulfilling sort of prophecy in, in, in many respects. Um, and I can see how marketers need to be that coordinator because they're the best pe people really to read who is going to be relevant. Yeah. What, what does it look like in terms of starting to tell that story? You know, so going either above the line or you're going below the line to existing customers. But when you've gone through this process, you've engaged um, analysts, you've got that sort of material. What what's the approach to actually sort of telling that story at scale to start to get people to believe it externally? Yeah, I mean, I think some of that goes back to some points I made earlier is that mm. you really have to tell you have to tell that story almost independent of your company itself. 
Mm -hmm. So, and, and so just some specific examples of that. We're driving some communities and in, in, like in social media through things like LinkedIn, right, where, where we are driving conversations and dialogue with competitors as well and other third parties, right, where it's just purely about the, the category, the reasoning, the benefits, the, the value why people would transition into that, that approach defined by that category, right? Um, other events that we do out in the field, right? Talking to media um, and, and trying to get media on board with understanding the, the role and the benefits of this category and getting them to begin to convey that out to their followers. So, right, there, there's a, a very discreet path that you have yeah. to kind of set and build. And that goes back to that marketing plan investment that I talked about earlier, where it's like, that's a lot of work. And I've got people within mm -hmm. the organization that do just that. They don't, they're not talking about Nile specific benefit at this point. They're purely talking about the, the, the benefit and the role of this category. And so, um, so yeah, so I would think, I mean, you, you got to make sure somewhere within the organization and, and your motions on a day to day basis, you're putting almost equal yeah. effort emphasis into, into that. And I'm interested, and I'll move to in a second, I want to almost understand the timeframes and how you're measuring the progress around uh, yeah. the category creation. But just quickly, I mean, you alluded to there that this is a, it's a lot of effort and involves a lot of people within the organization. So just to sort of give it some color for people sort of tuning in, who are you coordinating with the organization? Who are you quarterbacking um, to, to get actually this you know, into a reality. How, yeah, who's involved within the company? It's, I mean, I, I would say it's almost everyone, right? I mean, certainly we're, <laughs> I mean, we're a, you know, we're a 180 person organization. So it's, it's not everyone within the company, but uh, uh, we do a lot of partnering with our, uh, so like, for example, on, on my end, our chief development officer, who, who's also in fact our CTO, we've done a lot of work together with he and his team you know, including myself, my team, the product marketing group, um, in really kind of synthesizing, listening, you know, rebuilding, defining, right, and writing out a lot of messaging mm -hmm. positions. So that, that's that been very close collaboration there. The sales organization, right, they're the boots on the ground. So they're the ones that are getting real-time feedback as they're out presenting a lot of this position to customers. And so we, we do almost dailies with that team to make sure that we're taking in that feedback real time as it comes in and making iterative adjustments. Um, our you know, technology partnership group, I mean, we spend a lot of time there. Again, this kind of comes back to like we, you know, you don't want to be a, you don't want it to be a category of one, right? You need to build momentum around the category and some of that comes in through working and working around other partners other other firms that could be supportive of what that category is so um yeah i mean it truly it's you know it's that old saying it takes the village right to build a category and it isn't just the role of marketing marketing is sort of the quarterback in the motion yeah um, but it takes a lot of hands across the company and even outside the company to really make it seem Definitely. I mean, it's to continue the sporting analogies. It is a full court effort. And I think it's, it's actually, it's, it's interesting. You've, the way that you framed it, obviously, because it's so clear about this idea of creating a category, but so many marketers in a variety of different industries are looking to change the nature of the conversation within industry, change yeah. the way that something is looked at. But I don't think that they necessarily approach it with the, the, the discipline and the structure that you've outlined 
when you are faced with a momentous task of creating a new category. But actually, if you apply some of that thinking to a slightly more micro sort of ambition, which is to change just how something is spoken about, change the debate, um, yeah. I think it would be extremely, extremely helpful. Um, now, the one thing which I'm, I'm just interested in, I appreciate that it will vary, but when you're setting out in this sort of like process, what, what are the timescales that you would put on creating a category? And mm-hmm. for you, what are those markers of success? How do you measure that progress yeah. you're making towards that? That's a really good question. So, yeah, you have to have patience in this field. I mean, this is something I started. So I've been with Nile now for two years. I started day one. In fact, I would say even prior to coming on board, I started, you know, my, myself just as a, as a CMO brushing up on, on some case studies and understanding some pitfalls and, you know, uh, that other companies have run into through the process. So, you know, reading books, <laughs> talking to individuals uh, to get advice and suggestions and then coming on board with Nile and here we are two years later. And I mean, this is still very much work in progress. And mm-hmm. I would probably say we're, we're still another year to two years before we've fully seeded this category in the marketplace. We've, we've had some great momentum and successes as of late with some acknowledgement from firms like Gartner, right, who I, I see starting to come on board with some, some shared beliefs about what this category needs to entail. Uh, but it, it takes a while, particularly, I mean, and, and some of that may have to do with just the maturity of the market. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I go back to this as a, for us right now, we're in a 35 year old market. And so, you know, there are you know, hundreds of thousands of individuals, right, that have been doing things a certain way for many, many years that we have to work to change their mindset over time. And right. And, and through the process, you know, try to help them through the natural fear that, that comes in with such change and things like that. So that takes a while. <laughs> I, I can definitely imagine. And so what would you say, what would, not that there is ever a destination in anything really, yeah. but what would be that, that milestone where you're like, you know what, I think we've done it. I think we have created this, this category. Um, yeah. what, what would you be looking for um, to sort of see that success? Yeah, I think it would be, sort of uniformity around the the definition and the criteria of what that category entails, right? So when we start to see, and there's ways, like in our field, you know, there's there's ways to do that, right? I mean, you may have heard you know, Gartner Magic Quadrant, right? I mean, or, or you know, there's there's other types of analyst reports out there that, like if, if, if you have an analyst actually writing a, a report on that category and, and including within that report, the criteria that you've sort of defined, like to me, that's okay. You can call that mission accomplished right there, right? You've, you've now fully seeded your category market and now you've got some momentum behind it. But I, I think there's steps along the way that you can, you can also rely on to say, okay, we've, we've made it right. I think we've got the wind in our sail. We're sort of over the hump, if, if you will, or we've crossed the chasm, however you want to phrase it. Right. Which which really just comes back down to, like, do you have you know, do you have media, do you have customers, do you have other people in larger quantities actually starting to refer to your positioning, to the category positioning right on a more regular basis? Right. It's it, it's like we've talked about with things like Google. Right. When Google suddenly became a verb and people started, you mm-hmm. know, referring to it as like, oh, well, did you Google that? Well, I mean, yeah. if you get to that point, you actually have people starting to refer to it in, in that sort of manner, then I think you're there. 
it's, it's the eponym test, you know, just in the same way if you Xerox it, just in the same way that you Hoover it. So, yeah, I think that probably is exactly the um, the marker that you need to look for. I mean, I've, I've had, this has been a really... Oh, yeah, go on, Scott. I, I'm just going to add one more thing because I was just thinking about this because I think this is another yeah. danger for marketers. Marketers tend to be, and I'll just say, squirrel chasers, right? There's just a lot of, <laughs> a lot of new... This is maybe the, the provocative thing, but I think most people would agree is that... Marketers tend to look for bright, shiny objects, right? They want to, yeah. they, they, they relish in the launch, the campaign, the press release, mm. right? And, and all of these, if, if not aligned properly to that category definition, become distractions, right? And so yeah. I would just, just say, right, like you got to stay focused, right? This is a long game, right? This will mm -hmm. take years, if, if not, you know, four, five, six years. And, and you just can't be distracted by by that long game, right? You got to stay focused on it over and over and over again. So, um, so anyhow, just one of the- No, 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 I perfect, completely agree. So it's definitely all about discipline. Um, as, yeah, I've, I've had a, it's been a fascinating conversation, actually. I think it's been a wonderfully unexpected one, actually, to really, really <laughs> sort of get into um, this idea of category creation. And I think- Clearly, we've been speaking about it with a very, very specific use case when you're uh, an emerging company coming mm. into established industry, being this disruptor, trying to change nature. But as I said earlier, actually, I feel there's a lot of read across in terms of what you're saying about mm. the discipline, about the sort of the full core effort um, that marketers can take on board when they're looking at how they become leaders of a conversation within their marketplace, how they become a <laughs> thought leader or, or whatever it might be. So really, really as I say, interesting, and also I think very, very um, useful sort of conversation we've had there. But I can't let you leave before we ask our house question, mm. which is when was the last time that you saw marketing that made you feel it in your guts? So something that moved you on a deep emotional level? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, maybe this is just a, a symptom of the times, but there is a, a, a campaign that Dove uh, recently released, uh, there is a video that comes to mind um, where the uh, the whole premise is around just the, the dangers of social media, right, on mm -hmm. on mental health and specifically the mental health of our youth. So, you know, I thought that, I mean, you know, this was this was a campaign and an effort. Obviously, Dove is the subtext, right? You know, the small little logo in the bottom right corner, but the the whole premise and, and message and emphasis behind the campaign served an in, an incredibly important purpose, right? I think it's it it's good for Dove to have taken that stance and a somewhat I think controversial stance um, and provocative stance, you know, to mm. the, the theme of this podcast series. I mean, I think it's obviously good for their brand to do as such and to, and to come out and take some risks in that campaign. So. Um, so I think that one struck an accord, right? I mean, at least, yeah. you know, we're still in this sort of post-pandemic era. I think is anyone listening to this that have children are, are probably grappling with some of these issues. So mm -hmm. I thought that was extremely timely and brave of Dove to launch that campaign. Yeah, absolutely. And also, I think it's a real testament to Dove that they've, because this isn't just a, a one-off campaign that I think has moved people and has been powerful. They, you know, they've, they've actually shown a real track record over the years. So... <laughs> Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think I would definitely sort of uh, doth my cap to, to Dove on that front. But look, as I said, 
been a fantastic, interesting conversation. I've already kind of already done a little bit of a sum up. You know, we said about the importance of making sure that you see the long game, use that discipline, don't underinvest. Invest. But probably, and this is a little bit of a sound bite, but the best sum up I think we can use is what you said earlier, which is it takes a village to create a category. So, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think if ever there was, you know, something that we could we could put as a pull quote, we'll put on social media. I think I think that yeah. is it. Um, yeah. Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, thank you very, very much for your time. I've really, really enjoyed learning more about uh, category creation. Yeah, it's a great discussion. Thank you very much. B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth is brought to you by Allen Agency. To find out more, head to allen-agency.com. You can stream B2B Marketing, The Provocative Truth on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else great podcasts are found. And don't forget to click subscribe to ensure you don't miss out on any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Allen, thanks for listening.